Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the follower podcast, the Rough Cut series. Um, we are going through the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, from verse 9 through to 13. We're looking at the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and we're looking at it thought by thought, uh, idea by idea. <clears throat> and the Rough Cuts is um, uh, the kind of idea of this series is that basically I'm press record. I share some thoughts and I post that without editing or um, making it, uh, polishing it up basically. So you're getting my raw thoughts on an idea or on a passage. And uh, we've looked at Father and we've looked at our Father in Heaven. And today we're looking at Hallowed Be Your Name. Um, now, when we talk about Hallowed Be Your Name, uh, the word that we're looking at here is the word Holy. And as soon as we use the word holy, there's a lot of different thoughts that come to mind. Um, you may have heard, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And people will refer to the Lord's prayer saying, no, keep the Lord's name holy. And so you shouldn't use the Lord's name as a swear word or something like that. And that's true. Like, I don't think it's right or healthy uh, from a Christian perspective, particularly uh, for us to run around using the name of Jesus in a sort of crass and callous way that minimizes the value of the name and everything that that name stands for and holds. But I would say that that is really just scratching the surface of what Jesus is getting at here when he talks about hallowed be your name or the way I would I pray this when I pray this prayer is our Father in the heavens, may your name be kept holy. So to understand what um, Jesus is getting at, we want to look at the kind of root of this word. And the root of this word in the original language is the word hagios. Uh, which means sacred or set apart. And so, you know, again, when we think holiness, very often we get into issues of morality. We get into like doing better or being better. But, but actually this word doesn't, it doesn't so much mean good as it means other. It means sacred, means set apart. So think about your toothbrush as an example, right? Your toothbrush is to you a holy object, what do I mean by that? If I came to you and I said to you, hey man, could I borrow your pen? You would probably let me use your pen. If I said to you, could I borrow your car? You might even let me borrow your car if I had a driver's license and you trusted my driving. But if I came up to you and I said, hey, I forgot my toothbrush at home. Could I use your toothbrush? <laughs> I think for the most part, unless you know someone very, very well, you're probably not going to let them use your toothbrush. You're probably going to go buy a toothbrush for them if that's what it comes to. But at least I'm going to say to you from my side, if you come to me and ask for my toothbrush, I'm probably not going to let you use my toothbrush. The reason is because my toothbrush is set apart for my use. It's holy unto me. It's sacred unto me. Okay. So when we talk about this idea of holiness as pertaining to God and pertaining to the name of the Father, what we're talking about is a set-apartness or a sacredness. So we see in, in Revelation God is described as being holy, holy, holy. Three times that word hagios attributed to God as being set apart, set apart, set apart, completely other. And what I want us to keep doing is to resist the temptation of uh, shrinking this down to just so, sort of a moral goodness issue or even just scratching the surface of going like, man, don't say the name Jesus as a swear word or something like that. Again, not that that's bad. It's just like that's the very beginning of the issue. Um, in reality, when we're talking about keeping the name of Jesus holy, 
What we're talking about is the congruence of our life with the name of what Jesus means. So very often what happens in society is because there's a power to the name Jesus, I believe both spiritually but also sociologically, that name carries something. Very often what we can do is we can stick that name to our own um, agendas or issues. And this happens at political levels and it happens at personal levels. We go like, yeah, this is Jesus told me to do it or this is God's idea or this is God's nation even, right? We can take the name of Jesus and we can use it, we can leverage it, the authority that comes with it for our own agenda. And that's not keeping the name of the Lord holy. What that's doing is it's taking the sacred and making it common. Okay, so when Jesus is used to sanction or sanctify political agendas or um, like personal endeavors, that's what we're doing is we're taking the sacred or the holy and we're squashing it down to the common. And actually what's happened in our society is we've sort of lost the sense of the sacred. We, everything is quick and fast and now. The consumerism has sort of hijacked our culture in such a way where the idea of sacredness is quite a foreign idea to us. So to keep the name of the Lord holy means to recognize that God is not like anything else. God is in God's own category. God's not the best version of you or me, right? God is something else altogether. And so too with the name of God. That name is reserved to speak of things and to refer to things that are in their own category altogether. And this is then true for our lives. This is where it trickles down. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite thinkers, he talks about how holiness is less about rightness or wrongness. It's less about a moral spectrum. And it's more about the right ordering of our lives under the authority of God so as not to abuse the name that we claim to follow. So when you say that you are a Christian, or a follower of Jesus, or a disciple of Jesus. What you're doing is, is you are aligning yourself with a name. And when we pray, may your name be kept holy, what we're saying is, God, could there be congruency with my life and the name that I claim to follow? So, I, so when I claim the name of Jesus, but then live in a way that is selfish uh, or disregards the poor, or has no sense for the integrity of sexuality and relationships, when I, when I throw those things off and claim the name of Jesus, what I'm doing is I'm desecrating, desacredizing the name of Jesus. I'm not keeping it as holy, and I'm dragging it down to the common things of our world, and I'm trying to apply His authority uh, to those things, and I'm trying to get Jesus to sanctify my personal agendas and issues. Okay. So it's actually quite a big idea when we pray, Jesus, man, would your name be kept holy in my life? What we're praying is, God, bring integrity to my life so that there's a congruency between the name I claim and the life I live. So that when people look at me and they say, man, that person's a Christian, but he's living in every other way that doesn't look anything like the Jesus of the Bible. It's Mahatma Gandhi saying, man, I love your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. (laughs) I love your Christ, but your Christians are so unlike your Christ. What's happened there? The name of Jesus has been desacredized. It hasn't been kept holy. It's been sacrilege there. Okay, It's what happens when colonialism is carried out in the name of Jesus. Or typically, man, this is such a powerful example. We've got Constantine 
who makes Christianity the state religion and then puts cross on all the shields of the of the army because God's going to bless the war, right? And then and then what what have we done? We've taken away the holiness of the name of Jesus. We've used that name for our own agenda. And we could look today. There's a million things going on at political levels, at business and economic levels, and at personal levels where we do this. We use the name of Jesus in order to give weight and authority to our own agenda agenda and in so doing we desacredize it it's sacrilegious we take away the holiness and otherness of the name of Jesus and so a question for you and a question for me out of this prayer as Jesus teaches us to pray it is um, is his name holy in your life so so when we pray our prayers very often then God invites us to become the answer to the prayers we pray and so this prayer is both a petition, it's us asking, Lord, keep your name holy in my life, but it's also an, inv- an invitation to interrogate our lives uh, and our societies and our churches, <laughs> yeah? The way we run our churches. Do our churches look more like the consumeristic strip malls of our time? Or is there a sacredness and an otherness to the way we're living in community that seems to be aligned with the name that we profess, whose name is Jesus. This is what it means to keep his name as holy in our lives. So our Father who is in heaven, may your name, the name of this Father who is in heaven, and we spoke about the beauty of the Father and what it means for him to be transcendent and imminent. But Lord, in our lives, keep your name as sacred. This is what it means to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. There's a day in the week that's unlike every other day in the week. And in that day, we pause business as usual to acknowledge the otherness of the God that we worship, right? That's what it means to make the name of Jesus holy. And so for you and for me, we just stop and we think about that and we just go, is the name of Jesus holy in my life? Does the way I use my finances, does the way I um, navigate my sexuality, on my relationships, is the way my relationships to the poor, to the marginalized, to the other, to people who are on the other side of the political spectrum or the religious spectrum or whatever that looks like, am I conducting myself in a way that, that keeps the name of the one I claim to follow holy or Am I being sacrilegious? Am I desacredizing the otherness of this name by simply using it as a sticker on whatever preference I have and then essentially abusing that name of Jesus for my own agenda? Am I doing that in a personal level? Are we doing that in our corporate religious settings and our churches and ministry expressions? Are we doing that at societal levels and even political levels, national levels? That's the question, the interrogation that this element of the prayer is inviting us into. And so just think about it in your own life. Uh, what is the invitation of Jesus as you pray that prayer? What does it look like for you to keep the name of Jesus holy? Hope that's helpful. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Sunday when it comes out, uh, hope it, it encourages you. We are having a, our next national, our next global gathering, which is an online Zoom meeting uh, on Monday the 25th of um of September, which is tomorrow night for me as I record this. So if you listen to this on time and you'd, you'd like to jump in on that, uh, Jill Weber from 24-7 Prayer is going to be 
ran us through an introduction to intercessory prayer for those guys who are doing the prayer focus. So just DM me on uh, Instagram, either on follower or at Mad Lewis, and uh, I'll give you some details to jump in there. Or if you know me and you're listening to this, uh, just reach out and I can, I can send that through to you. Thanks, guys. That's the, the next episode of The Rough Cuts. We'll see you next week as we think through, what have we got next? Your kingdom come. Oh, that's going to be a good one. I'm going to give you some thoughts on your kingdom come. Okay, have a good day. Chat to you guys later.